And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of the Builder We Are Mead podcast and as usual I'm delighted to be joined by the one and only Mr. Davey Respin and Davey we have an action-packed podcast this week um, we have a lot to get through between looking at it, hurling, ladies football, we've got the proactive risk control player of the week and top scorer of the week. We're going to have a look forward to the junior and senior semi-finals, we're going to do predictions on those, we're going to do predictions on the intermediate quarter-final and then uh, we are going to uh, have a look at the fixtures in the ladies as well and look at the fixtures in the hurling. And just, just so much to be done. And we haven't even talked about Instagram Interactive yet. No, that's, that's what we get for starting a day late, Mickey. You know, normally this would all be done and dusted at this stage and we'd be sitting down for a cup of tea in front of the TV on a Monday night. But unfortunately, uh, someone forgot his laptop and work over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> You did, did you? <laughs> the, the podcast, the, the Builder We Are Mead podcast is coming to you a day late this week and it's uh, because I did leave my laptop in work on Friday and uh, it meant that we had no way of recording. So uh, we have it today and uh, we've had a little bit of time to go through all the results and stuff. So um, we are going to get started, Davey, by going maybe to the hurling results and then we'll give the fixtures uh, after that. So if you have... The results, we'll go through all them and then we'll go through all the fixtures. Cool, Mickey. Will we start with the intermediate um, results? Yeah, fire ahead. So the first one up on Saturday in Group B1 was between Kline and Dunham Rashburn. A really high-scoring and entertaining game here with Kline narrow victors and a scoreline of 4-10 to Dunham Rashburn's 2-14. The other game that take that took place on Saturday in the Intermediate was in Group A1, and it was between Boardsmill and Ratmaline. It was Boardsmill winning out 2-8 to 7 points. A bit of a low-scoring game in that one. Um, then on Sunday in the Intermediate Hurland Championship, um, just, sorry, scrolling, um, it was Drumree 2-12, Wolf Tones 1-18. So a narrow win there for Wolf Tones, who are going ever so well in the Hurland um, this year. And the other game in the Handy Catering, Group B2 was between two second teams and it was Trim who got the better of Kiltail uh, with a resounding 5-26 to 1-9 victory um, over, over Kiltail. So big win there for Trim's second team in that one. And I think you have the fixtures for the knockout stages then, Mick. Yeah, well, what that means in the um, Handy Catering Intermediate Hurling Championship knockout stages is Boards Mill and Wolf Tones on uh, account of winning their games see themselves through to the semi-finals. And the two quarter-finals that will be played sees Kilskir Moila taking on uh, Drumree and Kildawki taking on Rathmaline. And those games will take place on the 12th 
and 13th, the weekend of the 12th and 13th of September. And then the semi-finals will take place on the 26th and 27th, that weekend uh, of September. So uh, Boards Mill will take on the winner of quarterfinal one, which will be Kilskir, Myla or Drumree. And then Wolf Tones will take on the winner of Kildalki and Rathmaline. So that is the Hurling uh, Intermediate Championship sorted. So we'll move on now, maybe, Davy, to the Senior Hurling Championship. Yeah, and the first game up on Saturday afternoon in the Ted Murtha Clothing and Footwear uh, Senior Championship Group B1 was between Blackhall Gales and Clannagale. Um, this game had significance with Clannagale um, needing a big victory to get themselves into the quarterfinal places, but unfortunately that didn't materialise. Despite them winning Mickey on a scoreline of 5-10 to Blackhall Gales 2-16, score difference came into play and it just wasn't enough for Clannagale to book their spot in the knockout stages of the championship. And the other game in that group was, I suppose, the, the big one from the weekend. And it was the two old friends or old foes, whatever way you want to look at it, were Toth and Kildalki. Two of the big protagonists or big players in the championship this year, obviously, now with Kiltail gone. And it was Toth who laid down a, a real marker by winning out on a scoreline of 321 to Kildalki's 112. I suppose both teams were already true going into this game. But the result obviously had significance for, for the fixtures, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, that was the games on Saturday. Then going on to Sunday, um, again, Ted Murtha, clothing and footwear. Longwood, um, given trim, their fill of it, but just coming up short, Longwood 312, trim 24, three-point win there for trim um, in a high entertaining uh, game in Navan. And in the other game, despite a fast start, St. Peter's and Boyne ran out of juice towards the end, and it was Nafina who booked their spots in the knockout stages with a, a brilliant 310 to 112 win over St. Peter's Dunboyne um, in that one. Then the last game up was between Kildale and Kildale and Kildale. I'm not great at pronouncing all these kills. I'm not used to it. Um, and remarkably, this was a relegation playoff. Now, this was a, I don't think it was a straight relegation from the senior championship, but I think it was oh. to decide who left uh, Group A1. For, for next year and it was Kiltail the, I suppose the former powerhouses of uh, Mead Senior Hurling coming out on top in a, in a tight tussle uh, it has to be said against Kaline Mickey there was a couple of guys rested uh, due to the football obviously with Summerhill next weekend so a few guys didn't start and Kaline really gave a go to the count of themselves but Kiltail just about did enough 123 to 116 against Kaline in that one yeah so they stay in group A1 of the uh, senior championship and what that means now uh, with the results is that uh, Rathout and Trim are through to the semi-finals and then the quarter-final matches will see Kilmessen taking on Kildalki, Nafina taking on Longwood and Trim will take on the winner of Kilmessen and Kildalki in their semi-final and Rathout will take on the winner of Nafina and Longwood in their quarter-final. So um, uh, interestingly when you look at it you see that Rathout and Nafina are still there, Kildalki, uh, obviously, uh, still there. So there are three of the senior teams that are in the senior championship, the football senior championship, still have players involved in, uh, in the Hurling championship as well. So the double is on for a few teams uh, around the county. Yeah, particularly the, the Believer Kildalki one and also obviously the Retoth one in football and hurling. But uh, as expected, look at Trim coming through, the, the perceived weaker group, I suppose, in, in Group B, um, coming through it relatively comfortably, you'd have to say. Um, 
and, and getting into the semi-final. And the other game we mentioned it previously, the significance between Ratoat's win over Kildalki means Ratoat are straight into the last four, which will be great news for Brian Farrell and the footballers because they don't have to go out and play this coming weekend. Whereas Kildalki um, are going to have a number of them Beliver players involved next weekend as they have to go and play Kilmeston, who themselves had a nervous wait to see would they get through because it was all in the hands of Clan and Gale who couldn't. It did look for a while that they might have got that big win, but in fairness to Blackhall Gales, they rallied and made a real game of it. But obviously, Kilmessen will have the few Dunsany heads involved uh, next weekend as well as the following weekend in the junior semi-final. I think they're out the following Friday night against St. Vincent's um, in that one. So, yeah, a lot of dual players still in action, Mickey, but I suppose they won't be complaining. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And, 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 and of course, uh, it's testament to the clubs involved, even Trim, Ratholt, Nafina, Kildalki, Kilmesson. The only one that really is not a, a, a dual club at the moment is Longwood, who are a dual club, but have nothing to play for in the football now uh, at the moment. So it's, uh, yeah, it's making for quite the end to the Football and Hurling Championships. We're going to move on now, Davy. That is the Ted Murta Clothing and Footwear uh, Senior Hurling Championship. Uh, looked at and uh, I suppose uh, the other football that took place or sport GA sport that took place on the weekend was the ladies Gaelic football Davy and uh, we have some results in from uh, all of the the championships the junior B junior A intermediate and senior and uh, we have the semi-final or the final pairings now as well and most of the finals will be taking place over the next couple of weeks which is uh, fantastic to see Um, in the junior B it was Minalvi who got the better of Blackhall Gales, four goals and 24 to one goal and five. And Clannard getting the better of Gail Column Kill Kells, uh, winning that in a scoring of four goals and nine to three goals and nine. So a one goal win there for Clannard. And the final of the Junior B will be played next Saturday, the 12th of September at 5 pm in Bective. And Minalvi and Clannard are taking each other on there. Davy, it's a, it's a bit of a distance to be bringing Minalvi and Clannard. Surely they could have got a pitch. A little bit closer to both of them. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I was in touch with a couple of them who were wondering about different vantage points and that, you know, the old bridge in Bective, um, I don't think is, is being used anymore since they've done up the facilities and that. So I think that game will be streamed, um, it's worth saying, so that people will get a good chance to see it. But I mean, two first teams, you know, as you say, Mickey, competing in, in Junior B in the final. Uh, they did meet earlier on in the campaign with Manalvi coming out, I think, 10-point victors on that occasion. But... I, I would suggest that this one could be a lot closer. Both of them had very good wins in the semi-finals. Manalvi a resounding victory over the first Blackhall Gales, whilst Clenard came out um, of a really tight, intense battle against Kells um, in the other one. So I suppose good to see four first teams in Junior B as well. Like it wasn't just second teams. It, you know, ten, the further you go down the grades, it tends to be more second teams involved. But mm-hmm. both of those will have a real hunger. I know Manalvi won a championship five or six years ago, but they're a long time coming. And uh, championships are for winning. You when you get to finals in particular, Mickey, you know that you have to really go out and perform. And it's a big occasion. It'll be very unusual surroundings for them, though, not to have any friends or family at the game. It'll be almost alien to them. But um, I, I'd expect a really good game in that one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, best of luck to both teams involved, Minalvi and Clannard. In the Keepak Junior A Championship, it was Screen taking on Waterstown, Screen getting the better of their neighbours there, 315 to 11 points. And then Clonagale were taking on St. Pat's, and Clonagale beat them on a scoring of 3-8 to 6 points. So similar to the Junior B Championship, one close semi-final and one resounding victory. Screen getting the resounding victory and Clonagale getting that narrow victory over St. Pat's. 
Yeah, I, I think Screen are very young. They're a really, really young side. There's a lot of underage players and talent coming up through the ranks there as well. So they're probably well set up. Clan Gale have been a little bit up and down in recent years, you know, as well. They've won championships um, and then they've probably flattered to deceive when they've come up. So um, it'll, it'll be a really interesting final, really different, uh, I suppose, matchup, a lot more experience probably in the Clan of Gale ranks maybe than the Scream one, which in finals can often count for a lot. But I know um, Mick O'Dowd's daughter is, is really shooting the lights out for Screen there. And she's only, I think, 17, possibly just going 18. So, you know, um, I'd probably expect Screen to, to maybe edge it, but it, you, you can never know in finals, particularly with Clan of Gale's experience in them. Yeah, and that Junior A final will be part of a double header next Sunday with the Intermediate final in Dunamore, Ashburn. That is on the 13th of um, September. We're just not sure of times for those two games, but we do know that they're going to be on next Sunday. Moving on to that keep back Intermediate uh, ladies semi-final. It was Navin and Matneys losing out to Royal Gales in the scoreline of 2-6 to 5-14 in favour of Royal Gales. And then D-Rangers 1-11 to Rathout's one goal and nine. Similarly again to the Junior B and Junior A, one really tight semi-final and one resounding victory. It was Royal Gales getting that huge victory over Navin O'Matneys and D-Rangers getting over Rathout by two single points. Yeah, I mean, Royal Gales have been the yo-yo club in, in Mead club football for a long time now. They've been up and down and they've probably... Probably similar to maybe Clan at lower level, flatter to deceive a little bit because I would have expected them to go up to senior and really perform and take their game to the next level, sort of similar to what St. Peter's Dunboyne have done. But it just hasn't materialised for whatever reason and they've ended up being relegated again, back down in intermediate, but again, they've come on strong. Maybe they're just a team that just loves winning championships and they've <laughs> uh, an excellent opportunity to do that now again because, you know, to do that to Navin O'Mahony's having seen what O'Mahony's did, not just in Meath, but in Leinster and All-Ireland football last year, that's a really big statement of a 10 from Royal Gale. So um, they'll take beating. In the other semi-final, a lot closer. It was played up in Mead Hill under the lights. Probably not the most uh, glamorous of surroundings in that as well. But uh, it was D-Rangers, that, that amalgamation from up in North Mead, who just about got the better of a tote. Um, believe it was... Um, I believe it was a bit of a battle and there was a, there was a bit of shenanigans as well going on there in that one as well. Won't go into it in too much detail on the podcast, Mickey, but uh, I believe there was skin and hair flying in that one. Um, but as it turned out, D-Rangers just about uh, coming out the victors in that one against Retoat. Um, and they will obviously take on uh, their neighbours. Um, or sorry, not their neighbours. I was thinking of Retoat, sorry. They will <laughs> take on Royal Gales uh, to Chocolin in the final of that one in a, in a, in a few days' time. Yeah, I always love when a rural team like North, somebody from North Mead comes up against one of the metropolitan teams of Mead, like Rathout or Dunboyne or whatever, because that <laughs> it's always it's always a recipe for combustion, you know that kind of way. So there was obviously a lot of combustion <laughs> in that Deer Ages and Rathout game, which you can tell me off air. We're going to move on now to the Keepak Senior uh, Ladies Semi-Finals, and uh, the the. Two big teams, I suppose, getting through to the final to meet each other for the second year in a row. Simonstown's third uh, senior championship uh, final in a row as well. It was Dunboyne 221, Oldcastle three goals and eight. That was uh, 27. It was a 10-point victory. 27 played 17. And then Simonstown's three goals and 14, which is 23 
against Dunhamore Ashford in 16, a seven-point win for Simonstown. But I suppose it was a late, the, the scoreline probably flattered Simonstown a lot there. It was a late rally. They did find themselves behind on numerous times in that game. And for all intents and purposes, it did look like that uh, Dunhamore Ashford were going to go on and win it. But uh, Tara Bannigan coming on and, and scoring two goals and, and, and late on for Simonson just sealing the deal for them. And, uh, you know, Simonson had come back from, I think, five or six points down, drew level, and then Dunhamar Ashburn went up again and got ahead, and then Simonson got a goal. Just ebbed and flowed. And you'd feel sorry for Dunhamar Ashburn, but you, you could see why Simonson are such a, a, a good senior club when they were able to come back and stick to the plan and get the win in the end. Yeah, well, it's the hallmark of champions. And to have, yeah. I suppose, a, a player like Tara Berrigan to bring on with 20 minutes to go, coming on and scoring 2-3, completely turning the game in Simon Sen's favour, like that's, I suppose, that's the quality that we associate with champions across the board that you can call on players like that. Maybe just Dunham Rashford didn't probably have that same strength of power in reserve. You know, they're Avian Clearies and Moira Shocknesses, as good a footballers as you're going to see in, in County Mead, but probably just didn't have the, the strength and depth that maybe Simonstown had. And then you already add to what's, what's there with the likes of Jackie Shields, Kelsey Nesbitt, Kelly Harris, Neve Lister, um, you know, players like this in, in an attacking sense just are so strong. And as you say, Mickey, they are going for three in a row and they've probably gone under the radar a little bit because of the tanking they took against St. Peter's Dunboyne earlier in the season. That's probably dampened expectations around the Simonstown area and maybe they're just going into this final they're probably the way they'd want to be. You know, not a whole lot of hullabaloo and talk about a three in a row, um, but they're there where they want to be. As expected, I would say, I would have expected them to come past Dunham Rashburn. I've seen Dunham Rashburn against um, Boards Mill last round of the group and it probably wasn't the most brilliant of spectacles now it was, a, it was a tough day and everything like that they put up an excellent account of themselves though Mickey as you said with 15 minutes to go I think they were going point for point they were level but just that little bit of a kick towards the finish from Simonstown got them over the line yeah that's that's, uh, that's a wonderful substitution Tara Berrigan coming on and, and, and getting those two goals I think she may have got a point as well in uh, yeah yeah, two, three, oh God, two, three. Like, what, what a way to 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 mark your your, your introduction to the to, as mm. a substitute. Absolutely brilliant. But looking at Dunboyne, two twenty one, Oldcastle three eight, and uh, you know, um, I suppose when you were looking at these semi finals, you would have said that Ah Simonstown Dunboyne will will walk these both of these semi finals fairly handily. But you know, in fairness to Oldcastle and Dunham or Ashburn, they really put it up to both of them. Yeah, Oldcastle would always have a sting in them. You know, they, they are Chapman's um, from, from three or four years ago and they probably still have some of that steel still in the in the squad. Um, but Dunboyne, you know, negotiated them comfortably enough, you'd have to say, in the end. Um, through no small part, through, you know, the one and only Emma Duggan. Just the one thirteen this week for, you know, one thirteen in the championship semi-final. Yeah. It's just frightening. Um, out of what was the two twenty one, you know, that's ridiculous scoring. And she was obviously a marked woman, but they still can't uh, manage to hold her down. I think the walls are very prominent as well. Sarah and Vicky, the sisters there as well, as Fiona O'Neill too. So they aren't just a one-woman kind of show. They they do have a lot more on it. And to be honest with you, I would suggest that they'll probably need to call on those and and maybe others as well in the final because Simonstown will do their homework and, and you don't really have to do too much to realise who the who the main threat is for St. Peter's Dunboyne and it is obviously Emma Duggan so be interested to see what way Simonstown approach it and how they set up because I know she caused them untold damage in the group game 
Um, so obviously there'll be lessons to be learned from that one. But as I said previously, like Simonstown, at the end of the day, are the team going for three in a row? Yet they're going to go into this final as underdogs and probably big enough underdogs at that, which is really unusual. You don't see it all that often, you know, team going for three in a row and they go to a final again as, as probably rank outsiders. But such is the impressive nature of how Dunboyne have gone about their business and blown everything that's been in their path away so far this year. But fascinating final, Mickey. Yeah, and that final will take place on Saturday, the 9th of September, 19th of September. And uh, we think that that's in Dunamore Ashburn, but we're not sure of the time just yet. So a game that will be streamed and not to be missed. Get on to the Mead uh, Ladies uh, Football Facebook page and uh, you will find the link to the, the uh, streaming of that game there. I thought that the streaming of the two semi-finals on the weekend was absolutely excellent and uh, great to see the ladies getting so much coverage. Well done to all involved. And best of luck to all of the teams who take uh, take the field in the finals of the Junior B, the Keepback Junior B, Junior A, Intermediate and Keepback Senior finals. Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. Your goal is our goal. You'll benefit from our years of experience. You'll have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 90 11270 or email us at info at Builder, your local go-to construction company. Um, Davey, I suppose now... It's a good time to talk about uh, what we did on the weekend. And on Saturday afternoon, myself and yourself, we caught up with the Proactive Risk Control Player of the Week for Round 3 and uh, the Proactive Risk Control Top Scorer of the Week for Round 3 of the Mead Football Championship. And, uh, you know, it was great to meet the lads at the home of football at Park Tolchin, Thomas O'Reilly or Thomas O'Reilly, from Wolf Tones, the top scorer of the week with three goals and four, and Ushin McCluskey or McCluskey from Nafina, um, making the team of the week for the second week in the row, um, and then he has got he's got a hurling semi final or quarter final to to play now this weekend weekend as well. He's one of those dual players who's top quality basically. Yeah, he is, and uh, week in week out, it's not an issue. I think he's only one of four or five, though, in fairness, in, in that or in that Nafina side rather who is playing um, the dual aspect of the club. So it's probably not as big of an issue for Mickey Foley as it maybe is for other managers. But like for the likes of Oshin, sure, he's just delighted. And he's, you know, from speaking to him there, Mickey, you know, on and off the on and off air on, um, on Saturday, you know, he spoke about how good it is to kind of have the understanding between, I suppose, the respective managers that if football is on this week, that, you know, Hurland takes a back step and he maybe just doesn't do as much as the kind of hard training or slogging that maybe some of the other lads are doing who are just exclusive to one of the sports. So um, it's all about how managers deal with it. And we've seen it being the downfall of clubs in recent years, but Nafina obviously have it off to a fine art and uh, you'd have to say so far so good for them. Yeah, you're saying uh, probably less of a headache for Mickey Foley um, because he's only got a few players involved. But in fairness, Oshin McCloskey is, you know, one of the players of the championship so far. And he's one of the players that makes Nafina tick. 
Um, so I'd say Mickey, Mickey Foley just be waiting, uh, uh, you know, when a hurling game is on, just waiting to hear the phone ring, going, oh, God, no, please don't tell me he's injured. but Because uh, he's a fabulous, fabulous footballer and a player um, that we think, you know, maybe uh, Andy McEntee may be looking at uh, in the not-too-distant future. Only 19 years of age, fabulous, fabulous footballer. But as well, on the day, um, we did uh, catch up with... Uh, the top scorer for the week, and that was Thomas O'Reilly, and I got a few words with him about the top uh, scorer of the week, and of course about his championship with Wolf Tones, and moving on into the intercounty scene, and we listened to that interview just now. So I'm joined now by Thomas O'Reilly and Stephen Baxter of PRC, and uh, we are just after giving Thomas O'Reilly the Top Scorer of the Week award. And uh, so thanks to Stephen Baxter and uh, Proactive Risk Control for the for for the prize. But I suppose the prize we were just talking about it off air that the prize was brought in for uh, the fact that Pierre Fox scored four twelve in a game and didn't get a prize that weekend. <laughs> Thomas, you pipped him by a pint this weekend just gone by. He scored three three, but you went out and scored three four. So poor Pierre Fox. Has just been, uh, he's been just left at the wayside at the moment. <laughs> I know, I know. Geez, I was, uh, I was lucky enough this week, um, clipping over a few points in the end. At the end of our game, worked in my favour. So delighted, delighted to receive the prize now. I suppose looking at it from a Wolf Tones point of view, disappointing um, the way the year ended because you did get those two wins on the board. But I suppose with the with the way the the lockdown and the pandemic has gone, we only had semi finals. In, in any other year, you would have been straight through to a quarter final. Yeah, we probably after the last day we probably looked at it as an opportunity missed maybe on our on our behalf. Like we we always knew like the Summerhill game was going to be a massive test. Um, that was going to be you know that was going to go a long way till deciding who was going to come out of the group. And unfortunately on that day we just didn't we didn't really perform. Although we still had enough chances to win the game, but when you leave Summerhill hanging on, they always show those good battling qualities and that's what came to the fore for them in the end and they managed to, to get through. But look, it was it was nice to finish on a positive note. It's not it's not what we'd hoped for. We obviously if there had been quarterfinals we would have been rightly set up, you know, to, to go to go on. But look, it, we'll have to learn from it and hopefully improve for next year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I suppose on a personal note for yourself, nice way to finish the championship off, getting ready now to go back into the intercounty scene. Yeah, exactly. And and I suppose the second day personally against Summerhill didn't go as well as I'd hoped for. So I was kind of I was trying to redeem myself um, somewhat in, in my performance against Manalvi. But yeah, it's great. It's great going back into looking forward to an intercounty championship as well. At the start of the year, it was looking it was looking dodgy if it, if it was going to go ahead at all. But look, we're delighted that we have we have another championship to look forward to, and and hopefully it goes goes well. When do you go back in training now? I think I think we'll be we'll be getting back together soon enough. I think the fourteenth is when is when we're allowed to get back into collective training. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's that's when we'll, we'll start back and we'll we'll go hammer and tongs out. So officially from the fourteenth is what he said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Baxter, um, look, you know Thomas O'Reilly goes out and kicks kicks uh, three four in the weekend. But as we said already, Pierre Fox from Dunsany, the, the the whole idea was uh, brought in because of the the fact that he scored four twelve. Pip again at the post uh, Thomas getting that extra point but uh, it just shows you the quality of forwards in Mead at the moment and when you look at the championships so far all three championships it's been huge scores being put up by some serious individuals Absolutely and that's actually came up with the idea I know Mr Rispin over there came up with the idea and you know I was actually listening to the podcast that week and there were serious scores I think that's the week that only the 
cornerback and the fullback didn't score right. so it was fantastic but in fairness to Pierre it's for a guy to turn around and score 3-4 in the senior championship no matter what county you're in but particularly Mead where it is heavy going and everything else I think it's, it's richly deserving I think Pierre can hold his head higher as, high as well that he was pipped by a, a guy scoring 3-4 in a senior in a senior championship as well Yeah the, the, the good thing for Pierre though I suppose is that Pierre gets another shot at it because uh, Wolfton's right now they're not even in a relegation game so Thomas can't go and get another high score but Pierre has a semi-final now to play in so you know there's a, there, there's a chance for him and there's a chance for anybody else playing in the semi-finals Absolutely and should look at we'll just call it the Pierre Fox Award if he doesn't win it the next <laughs> week anyway so no look it's, it's great I think the score and I think it's entertainment as well and you're kind of touching as well I think Annie McEntee and all inter-county managers now have players coming in after playing competitive at championship level and it's ideal because years before this it's just he's, go, he's going to be there next year but now you have players coming in a form like Thomas you know and there's other guys there as well getting the, getting big scores like he's guys coming in on form confidence high and you know it's, it's bound to go go well for any county and it's probably a more comp- competitive inter-county competition now as well like you know you've got the dubs obviously in Leinster as well but when you've guys going 3-4 coming in after a, su- a good summer as well he probably a couple of weeks off and then goes back in with me you know it, it's great and I think hopefully I, I think everyone's looking forward to the inter-county season now to start as well and the, the clubs have got their their jury's due right and due reserve as well I think we were talking about Mickey Newman a couple of weeks ago as well they were saying that he was fresh playing with Kilmain and you see how they are doing as well he's going to be going in you know it's great and football is the winner at the end of the day the whole thing and that's the most important thing of the whole lot looking at the team that you would have uh, uh, pre- been been over for the last few years Ballinlock and uh, it, it just seems like it was written in the stars they've got Old Castle in a, uh, in a relegation playoff what is it with Old Castle and Ballinlock they have to meet each other three or four times a year like it's just crazy yeah, I think just the lads get on that well together <laughs> and everything else that they really want I see Davy Rispin pulled off a, a minor stroke he's, he's going he's going to get in to see the game as well so no look it's going to be it's a local derby and it's going to be interesting yeah, Stephen Maxwell thanks a million from PRC Davey Rispin is calling him over he's uh, interviewing the player of the week at the moment but I'll go back to Thomas now and uh, Thomas I suppose as we said like you know it's, it's a great award to, 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 to have available for the players and whatever and the player of the week but we're trying uh, what we're trying to do with We Are Mead and with uh, Proactive Risk Control is give the players the club players a little bit more uh, um, prestige when they go out to play their club football of course you'll be going back into the inter-county scene now and there's plenty of prestige with that but there's a lot of club players overlooked I suppose um, throughout the year when it comes to this type of thing yeah and it's 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 the competitive nature of it um, and it's, with, with these awards it, it'll it'll push lads to, to be ambitious and to try and improve and and to seek those awards as well on top of their ambitions to, to go to the next level but um, yeah look the uh, the inter-county season now is starting back up as well it gives it gives lads an opportunity to, to play for something as well with the way the season has worked um, I definitely think it's something it's something that we could we could use going forward in having the split season between the club and county it gives lads a good opportunity to uh, to plan their season and to peak at the right time for their club championships and to be performing at the highest oh, level when they need to well. yeah, you can yeah. get the focus for your club championship and you can get focus on your on your inter-county scene as well Like yeah, so yeah. they're not being uh, I, I suppose mirrored off each other throughout the season or you're not being you're not neglecting one to play the other or whatever yeah exactly and it works better in that you're with your club for an extended period that you're like you said you're not you're not in and out of the team and you know they're trying to create their own game plan and structure of play and you need you want to be there as much as as much as possible and it's not always it's not always easy to be there but I definitely think with 
the way the season has worked now, it's been a great it's been a great chance to get back with the club and and play and train all the time with them. So it's definitely something that that'll work and has huge benefits too. You know? Yeah, on top of all that as well, it gives you a chance to go out and kick three four. Do you know what I mean? Like it gives you a chance before you go out to play inter county that you're getting loads of game time with your club. You're coming up against players that you've played against week in, week out, and they all know the strengths of Thomas O'Reilly. But you go out and you you get your pump on and you score three four, and you're a marked man before you go out on that pitch. So that must be a real confidence booster as well. Yeah, and it's look, it's it's always nice to perform well with your club as well. And once you have once you have the the right uh, the right attitude and you're able to perform at your club, there's no reason why you can't you can't go on to the to the next level. But um, that clear pathway gives lads gives lads the opportunity and they know what they're getting in for when the season starts. So they know their timing and they can make, they can work their training around it and be ready to perform when when the time is needed for their club. Yeah, just going back to the proactive risk control team of the week. <clears throat> just. Um, I just wanted to remind you that the average score on the uh, on the for the six forwards was eleven points, and the lowest score was ten points. So you know it just shows you how tight it was uh, last weekend uh, when 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 it came down to that final round game, uh, of games in, in the um, in the group section. But uh, like that's that's that, can you imagine having six forwards scoring ten points each in a game? Like it's just uh, it's stuff of dreams, nearly. Yeah, it is. It is that it make for a potent full forward line and. <laughs> Um, no it is and there, it does seem to be across the board that there's a lot of lads putting their hand up and really performing and especially I know with the forwards lads have gone back to their clubs as well that are just they're really trying to make an impression and they're they're really performing well and that's that's what you want to see and obviously the competition is is there and you can see it with younger lads who are coming through as well who are staking a claim and shooting well for their club so there's, there's definitely competition there and plenty of plenty of forwards there <laughs> before we finish up have you in your three games or any of the games that you saw saw potential there for maybe a call up into the county yourself um, not saying that you're going to be picking the team for Andy or anything like that <laughs> yeah. but did, have you seen anybody that you were like going wow I haven't seen him before but he looks good yeah no from from the teams we've played definitely um, I suppose from apart from the lads that are in there I know uh, Marco Sullivan performed really well against us for his club and I suppose with Curahad, Jack O'Connor, I know it's it's his first year in. He he was playing really well against us and is, was a real threat. But um, no, from from uh, from younger lads' point of view, there's there's plenty of talent there, and they're they're doing it with their clubs. So there's there's a good few lads there who are who are looking to stake a claim and get get into the get into the panel as well. well look, Thomas, thanks again for uh, joining us here today and well done on your um, award, on your top score of the week and also on uh, making it into the uh, PRC team of the week as well. Thanks very much. Thank you. So, Davey, that was Thomas O'Reilly and, uh, you know, it's refreshing to hear a guy that's so, you know, he's just everything, he's just taking everything in his stride but one of the things that I, I did mention to him was, you know, it's great that we have the, we've, we've, the championship for the club and the championship for the inter-county are separated this year. And it gives players like him a great chance to finish his club championship on a high, scoring 3-4, just as he's about to go back into the inter-county scene. Yeah, and he's also playing a little bit of hurling as well, Mickey, you know, with both <laughs> tones. And they're going ever so well. And there's a certain Donald Kogan playing with the tones as well, would you believe? So, like, where would you see it? In recent years or years gone by, especially the Mead senior footballers, you know, they play with their club and they play, they play football and that. But the likes of Kyogi and, and Thomas O'Reilly would never probably get the opportunity to go and hurl with the Wolf Tones as well. Whereas now, 
they're obviously knocked out of the football championship, so they have you know a couple of weeks probably to get themselves in and and maybe help both tones try and win an intermediate championship in the hurling too. It's brilliant, you know, and they're still obviously in with me and they're doing their bit as well. But they're ticking over, which it's just brilliant. And I, I, I'd be all for it. Thomas, by the sounds of it, is all for it too. It's a refreshing attitude to hear from um, an inter-county player, Mickey. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, uh, just wonderful to, 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 to listen to him. He's, he's a really grounded guy and, and, and loves his football. Um, also uh, uh, there on the day was, obvi- was obviously Stephen Baxter from Proactive Risk Control. And we caught a few words with him um, in both my interview and Davy's interview that Davy got with Oshin McCloskey. And we go to that interview with the Player of the Week for Round 3 of the Football Championship in Mead just now. Oshin, second consecutive appearance in the Mead. Uh, we are Mead, team of the week, um, after your performance against Dunham or Ashburn, and you've now been rewarded with the proactive risk control player of the week, courtesy of Stephen Baxter. Uh, well done on the award. I think it's well deserved. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, uh, I just want to say thanks to Stephen for the, uh, the voucher. Greatly appreciate it, but I uh, couldn't have obviously done it by myself. It's a team game. Everyone kind of played well, so just delighted to get the award I mean it's it was a super performance in the end first half was a little bit tricky it was four each at half time a lot of missed chances from both sides but second half you boys really pulled away yeah, we were slow to get going in the first half both teams missed a good few chances but uh, lucky enough we were still in at half time and then second half we kind of just fell into motion got the scores at the right time kept the foot on the gas and Sought out. Mm, it's been a great year so far. Like you have a lovely blend of youth and experience. You're probably one of the younger lads yourselves. I won't maybe name some of the older lads, but people will know for themselves who they are. But it's going really well, and you've been a bit of a surprise package. I think it's fair to say this year. Oh yeah, it's a perfect balance of young and old. Kind of there, Jamie Queenie there keeping the cool head, popping the ball yeah. over three times in the first half when we needed them. And then the young lads kind of just doing their bit as well. So it's a nice little blend, yeah. And I mean, your own personally. You're going really well at centre back. You're playing great stuff. You mark Rory Quillan against Navin Amani's. You're Dylan Brady the last day. Um, two excellent performances. Yeah, I just kind of go out and try and enjoy the game. Really, whoever I mark it, it doesn't really matter. Just as long as I'm enjoying it, I kind of play as best as I can and try to stop my man do what they can. And there's been a bit of talk about maybe going in with Mead and, and this kind of thing. I don't know. Obviously, that's something probably that it interests you. I'm sure. In, in in the future maybe yeah, well, we're going to have to let Andy McIntyre make that decision <laughs> not myself so obviously probably wouldn't say no but it's not my call mm, absolutely um, the, the hair as well I have to talk to you about the highlights oh, I yeah. said on commentary I love the comparison to Eddie Guerrero you, you yeah. heard it yeah 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 I knew you'd kind of relate because you're a similar era to myself but uh, the highlights are definitely coming back in Oh yeah, definitely over lockdown and the mullets as well, but we need a few of them in our team. <laughs> and I suppose there'll be a few championship haircuts um, possibly for the next day and who knows, maybe even for a final thereafter. Oh yeah, definitely, I can't beat the old champ of fade. <laughs> yeah, very important. Yeah. Kells in the semi-final, Oshin, um, what, like I know you know a lot about them, Larwall is obviously a club mate of yours as well. They've been beaten in the last four or five semi-finals they've been in. I'm sure Nafeen are well aware of that yeah, yeah. and it's probably bonus territory a little bit for you. Ah, well, you can't really make comparisons to other years because it all really just depends on the day. If whoever turns up on the day, like that's the beauty of sport. Like you could be going well and training all week, and then come match day, if you don't perform, you're not going to win. So it all just depends on the day. We're going to have to get the performance right. And you're obviously juggling hurling as well. It's kind of week in, week out between football and hurling. You're one of the dual players, obviously, as well. There isn't that many. I think four or five. But how are you managing it so far? I would imagine a finding, yeah, like 
the weekend we have hurling or football that's the training we go to so we're not being flogged each week for too much training or anything and uh, even this week uh, football like we stepped out of running and everything just kind of kicked balls over the bar just to keep it ticking over mm. but yeah hurling tomorrow against Dunboyne hopefully we win that as well yeah, and hopefully there'll be no battle scars and say Mickey Foley's hoping that there won't be too many knocks and niggles going into the following week then. Yeah, he told us not to put the hand up for the ball. <laughs> Stick up first, is it? Yeah. Um, but I suppose then, like, I mean, looking at it, it's like you've, you've probably done both yourself. I know you played a bit of rugby as well, haven't you? So yeah. the, the physicality that you bring to the game is probably stemming from maybe the rugby background. Uh, yeah, it definitely helps anyway, like coming up against bigger lads, older lads as well, like the rugby definitely helps a lot more aggressive and well able to take hits more because you're used to it so. and do you do you care about reputations or do you know some of the guys you're coming up against or is it nearly just you're one of the young players so you're just kind of going out and playing without fear maybe at the minute ah like I know some of them but a name is just a name when you get onto the pitch you kind of treat everyone as equals and try to do my best every time yeah 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 no absolutely Um. I want to bring in. Uh, I want to bring in the sponsor, Stephen Baxter, now for a quick word whenever he's ready. But I don't know. Um, Stephen Baxter, thanks for being here. Stephen hugging the mic with Thomas O'Reilly. Uh, Stephen, thanks for joining us. I suppose PRC Player of the Week, well deserved after consecutive uh, appearances in the Team of the Week. Now, Oshie McCluskey. Absolutely, and like in fairness, you're saying as well. Like, there's not too many guys that was holding on to the places in the team as well, and. You know, when you have fifty odd teams in 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 meet out every week to even get on the team is, is a wonderful achievement. But uh, to get into it, get the player of the week is, is even better again as well. And you know, it's a it's a senior championship that they're going well in as well. So it's it's an extra bonus from self. And you know, it, it's good to see Nafina and other teams as well. And you're getting to the crunch side of it as well. And even listen to the podcast from yourselves during the week as well. The defense is probably was really on top mm. as well. Which was, which was really interesting I know the last couple of weeks it was the forwards that was probably getting all the the, 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 the attention as well but I think last week was kind of crunch time and the defence has probably won the, the, the games for, for the respective clubs as well Well I suppose you bringing in an extra voucher has probably helped Mickey and myself maybe picking the player of the week because we can now pick a defender and let the scorers get the top scorer of the week and this kind of thing oh, so it's working out well It is and it's, it's great interest and even seeing the, the Twitter feed there during the week as well it, it was great it was great interest in it as well and you know, it's, it's not easy. Not easy picking a player of the week, needless to say. So well done to Oshin on, on, on doing it. The only difficulty was the logistics of it. Oshin being the first player from over the Enfield area to try and try and get him here and that. But uh, obviously, great to get the two lads. It is, and in fairness, it goes to show that it's it's you know you know the junior teams, intermediate teams is is getting recognition in it as well. But it's it's well spread out throughout the, the county as well, and you're, you are doing your homework to to make sure it's done right as well. So fair play to you for for doing it as well. We thank you, uh, Stephen, as always, for your support. And Oshin, well done on the award and, and best of luck uh, against uh, Kells in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, thanks. As I said, thanks to Stephen again for the voucher. No problem. Appreciate it. Cheers, lads. Yeah, so again, we want to thank Stephen Baxter of Proactive Risk Control for sponsoring our Team of the Week, Player of the Week and our top scorer of the week during the football championship here in Mead. And it's just uh, brilliant that we are able to bring in Again, you know, the both players mentioned it, but Thomas O'Reilly as well, like saying how it's it's a great initiative and it's great for the club players out there to get a bit of recognition and something that they don't usually get from one end of the year to the end, to the other end of the year. And it's usually county players who get all of the recognition. So great that uh, Stephen Baxter has come on, come on board from Proactive Risk Control to uh, sponsor those prizes. Davey, um, 
I suppose it's probably now time to look at something here. We're going to look at the junior semi-finals. I know they're not taking place for a couple of weeks. We will be previewing the games next weekend. But I think that what we should do is go through the junior semi-finals, intermediate, quarter-final, Ferry of Steel, seniors, championship semi-finals, the relegation from senior and intermediate. And let's continue on with our predictions and keep a score from here on in, Davey. Um, you know, I think we should go back maybe and get see how many we got right week on week and uh, continue it on and see how many we got right out of the total amount of fixtures till the end of the year. Mickey, you're still ju- not going to make up the tally. I'm telling you, I know there's two weeks left. But no, no, no. See, see, the, see, see, the silly thing about the whole Cortown GA predictions thing is that you get points and stuff. So it's all, it's all skewed. There was maybe three results in the difference between us. Um, but look at that. We're going to look at the Chotten Derrick Junior semi-finals and on Friday the 18th of September, St. Vincent's will take on Dunsany. This game is Dunhamar Ashburn. Interestingly enough, it's the only semi-final out of the three championships that's not taken place in Park Tolchin and I do believe that there was a bit of aggro about that on, uh, on Twitter. But, Davy, St. Vincent's Dunsany, 8pm Dunhamar Ashburn on Friday the 18th of September. I'm actually going to go for a Dunsany win in this one. This is a hard one to call. I just think that Dunsany have a bit more firepower in, in, in Pierre Fox. And if he can keep up the scoring he's been doing, I think they'll, Dunsany will get the win. Jeez, yeah, I was hoping you weren't going to start with this one. Um, <laughs> God, I haven't a clue what way this is going to go. I, I tell you what, this is going to be a brilliant, brilliant game of football and there'll be very little in it between the sides. Uh, no love lost whatsoever between them over the years. They've had some great battles. It, you know, it's gone both ways over the last three or four years. I, I'm probably going to agree with you, Mickey. The one thing well, I would say about some, yeah. just to point out to you as well, Davy, this is over 60 minutes, not the full game. So you can go for a draw if you want, and then you don't have to pick a winner after extra time. We're going on the first 60 minutes, so we are now. Obviously, yeah. if any of the games end in a draw, there will be a winner on the day. But we're just going over the 60 minutes. So I'm going to give Dunsany the win over 60 minutes. Yeah, I think I will as well, to be honest. With oh. you. I'm, not just, I'm not just copying you, but I would agree with what you say about Pierre Fox. And I just take it a little bit further in saying that for all of Vincent's scoring potential in the squad, they don't have a marquee forward. They don't have a Pierre Fox. They don't have somebody who's going to go out and kick 110 or 10 points. Or it's, it's far more spread out, which is fine. But sometimes that can often be a team's downfall. Now, they would argue the toss that on the flip side of that, if they could probably nullify the influence of Pierre Fox, that would go a long way to stopping Unsaney. And I would agree with that. But thus far this year, nobody has been able to do that. Um, So there's there's some really fascinating uh, subplots to this game. Like St. Vincent's are such a fit, uh, well-drilled team who play... A really complicated them, and I can't even describe to you how it is. But I mean, when they have the ball and they start from defence, like I'm trying to put myself in in Dunsany shoes. What what I've been there? What's going to happen? David, play it like David, a, yeah. We're going to preview the games next week. <laughs> okay. I won't get too much more away then. That's exactly. I'm well, just. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Dunsany, Mickey. You're gonna go for Dunsany as well. Okay, I've gone for Dunsany. Some teams have gone for Dunsany, and then on Sunday the 20th of September, it's Beliver taking on St Dalton's. This game is at 1:30 and it's in Park Tolchin, and I'm gonna go for a Beliver win here. And I just, I just think that Beliver's inside forward line, as I said the last day against Carnaross, I just think that 
you know that they're they're going to be they're going to be gung ho against St Dalton's and St Dalton's where they do have some really good footballers probably don't have the depth of quality that Beliver have. No, no, absolutely, and uh, I still maintain that Dalton's were a stronger team last year than they are this year. Yet last year they only got to a quarter final, and the way things have panned out this year, they're in a semi final. But you'd have to say they got a favourable group, and they obviously only had to play two games to get where they are. Beliver, whilst their group was probably favourable enough up to the point of playing Karen Ross, uh, I was impressed with them, particularly in that second half. I agree with what you say, their inside forward line. I, I can't see it being marked by St. Dalton's. I just can't. Um, and for that and that reason alone, I'm going to go for a comfortable enough Beliver win. Oh, he even has to throw in a comfortable enough uh, as well. Just a little needle there for the neighbours. A little needle for the neighbours. <laughs> it's, it's, it's called incentive, Mickey. <laughs> We're going to move on now to the Meat Potato Company Intermediate Quarterfinals. And this game takes place next Sunday, um, uh, the 13th of September. It was due to be played during the week if Clonmagale had won their uh, game in the Hurling by enough of a margin to see them through to a quarterfinal but it wasn't so this game has been put out now till next Sunday it was Ballinabracky against Clonmagale it's in Park Tolchin it's on Sunday as we said the 13th and do you know what I have gone for here Davy? I have gone for a draw full time oh <laughs> um, interesting one um, I can probably see where you're coming from you know two teams who are at the top of their game and uh, both unbeaten, obviously, that's needless to say, going into this game. And have a very good opportunity of obviously getting to a semi-final and playing St. Michael's in it, who are waiting in the wings for them in that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Balnebracchi myself, Mickey. I've been really impressed with them. Uh, the, the further this campaign has gone, you know, they started it with probably fortunate to get a draw against the league Bellustown in round one. But since then, they've obliterated everything in their path. Um, Oldcastle and Sydney being the two uh, sides unfortunate enough to come up against them. So, I just I, there's nothing wrong with Clannagale, but I just think they're going to have to find something special to beat this Balnebracky side, who I think could take a little bit of stopping. Yeah, yeah, no, I can I can see where you're coming from too, and uh, of course with the history you have with Clannagale, you weren't going to pick them. You weren't going well, to pick. But they said they said last week when <laughs> when is going to start picking us, and like the good news for them is. Is that you didn't pick them? They keep winning, so yeah, they'll be delighted. <laughs> move on now to the Ferrier Steel Senior Championship semi-finals before we go on to the relegation games from intermediate and senior. But uh, the big one, Ferrier Steel Senior Championship, Rathote and Summerhill, Park Tolchin, Saturday, the nineteenth at five thirty in Park Tolchin. As I said, I've gone for a Rathote win over Summerhill here. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you. I just haven't seen enough from Summerhill to convince me that they're they're in a position to reverse that result from the final of 12 months previous. So, like, their wins haven't been in any way comprehensive or convincing, to be brutally honest with you. Um, they've done enough in them all, just um, Curaha, uh, Curaha, Manalvi and Wolf Tones, you know, but they were by narrow margins and they were really tight battles. So, yeah, I, I now... Exactly. Now, we're told the last day were far from convincing themselves against your own Simon St. Gales, Mickey. But I think that game was just all about winning and getting, getting through, yeah. you know, and still being intact. I think they could probably play with a little bit more freedom now. And I would expect them to, to have enough for Summerhill, but never right off Summerhill. Yeah, I think I think probably the only team in me that Rathote actually fear is Simonstown. And they've got that victory over Simonstown now. 
that I, I just don't see them fearing anybody now going forward. Um, the next game season, the Fianna and Gail Column Kill take, uh, take each other on on the Sunday, at the 20th of September in Park Tolchin. And, uh, you know, Davey, I've gone for a Gail Column Kill win here. Um, but I don't see Nafina letting Gail Column Kill have it all their own way. And this, this will be, or could be, a very tight affair in the end. I'd say with Kells winning by four points. Yeah, I, I would go along with that. Um, I have a little wager on Nafina, though, for the championship, but I still think that either they're going to have to have an unbelievable day or Kells are going to have a disastrous day to allow them to beat Kells, if that makes sense. Or maybe yeah. they meet somewhere in the middle of that and then they have a really good chance. They will take extremely uh, good amount of heart from the fact that Kells have lost, what, you know, four or five of the last six semi-finals. Um, or their last four or five semi-finals and all. So they will go into that. And the older players in particular, the players that were around in 2015 when they got to the final, the likes of the Queenies, uh, Dean Hendrick, you know, players like this, not the younger lads who were around, they will draw on that experience and they will be drilling that into the young lads this week and next week as to what, what this means, I suppose, first and foremost, and that maybe they believe the Kells are a little bit brittle when it gets to the last four. But I just yeah. think Kells are a different animal. And to be honest with you, when they've come up against teams in semi-finals in recent years, it, it's inevitably been against a team that's gone on at least the final or more often than not to win the championship. Um, and this year, I just think it's opened up brilliantly for Kells as a result of beating St. Peter's Boyne in the group. So they'll never have a better chance of getting to the final. They'll probably never have a better chance of winning the Keegan Cup. So with that in mind, I have to stay with, with Gail Collin-Kill. Yeah, the first of your neighbours that you've gone with, and uh, it is the Cal's lads. Uh, of course, Clannie Gale and St. Dalton's just not getting the nod from you at all. Um, so, maybe that's the, the three semi finals or the two semi finals and the intermediate quarter final done. And um, so, we'll move on now to relegation from the intermediate. And there's obviously the we're into the relegation semi finals from the intermediate, or as some people like to call it, the uh, Chocolate Terror Junior Championship 21 qualification <laughs> games. Um, so uh, the first of the game sees St. Pat's taking on Ballinock, and this is on Saturday the 19th. Um, and this this is a really tough one to call. Um, St. Pat's, who just have flattered to deceive completely this year. Ballinock have had a lot going on in the club. Showed up well against uh, uh, Old Castle in their relegation game uh, during the week, their relegation quarterfinal, if you want to call it, um, and, and, and lost by three points. And I'm sure that Ballinock will take great heart from that in, in, in what's been a very tough year for the club. It has, yeah. And they probably asked themselves for one massive performance over the weekend and they got a massive second half performance Fortunately, the first half just didn't match it. Um, and that was just enough to get Oldcastle through and get Oldcastle safe for next year. But I've seen enough from Ballinlock in that 60 minutes to, to, to suggest that they can get out of jail. Um, and some paths from actually talking to a number of the Myla lads. The game was in Myla, so I, I ran into a couple of the lads that were playing, Joe Mealy and the Gibneys and that. And, you know, they said they, were, they couldn't get, get over how poor some paths were. Um, they were probably being a little bit modest about their own performance as well. I think Myla have to take great credit for that, but they were really surprised by how below par uh, St. Pat's were. Um, can, can St. Pat's come back from it? I've gone for a ball knock win here, but like we know the credentials of St. Pat's and we know that they've 
you know, put it up to senior teams in the last number of years. Can they can they rise their game enough to get the win here and get out away get away from that relegation final, or do they just want to go to a final? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, no, they've been in a few relegation finals in the last few years. They're not much yeah. crack, to be fair. Um, <laughs> And the one thing I suppose they will draw on is they actually do have a lot of experience of playing in these sort of games. Like it's, it's often the case when senior teams come down and they nearly, it's alien to them, relegation playoffs. For St. Pat's, it's part of parcel of what they've been doing for the last 10 years, really, in senior. Now, Ball and Locke, on the other hand, will have got a taste for it. They wouldn't be used to being in re- relegation battles either. But I'm going to go with what you said as well, Mickey. I just think Ball and Locke, with that game under their belt, if they can actually take a lot of positives from it they can actually push on and get a result here it's their second bite at, at three cherries so to speak um, and I'm going to go with Ballinlock as well to, to just do enough Okay so the both of us have gone for Ballinlock and then the other game sees Drumballa taking on Castletown and how, oh how the mighty have fallen here Castletown down in a relegation uh, semi-final haven't been in a promotion semi-final last year it's um, it's, 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 it's it's quite worrying for, for, for the lads in Castleton really it is and it's very similar to probably the slump that Old Castle endured this year as well you know from being in the semi-final last year too um, I, I, I honest to God don't know what's gone wrong in Castleton Mickey we played them in a challenge probably before even the league started and I was really impressed with them thought they were moving well um, but a lot depends, and we've seen it in, in different grades this year, a lot depends on your first round game and how that goes. And since then, Castellan have just fallen off the wagon. I'm not sure is it even a thing in like second year syndrome with, with Rusty Tiernan there as well, because I'd be really surprised if it was. Um, but again, similar to what I said about maybe St. Pat's and that, they just, and Oldcastle, they have to try and embrace the situation they're in for what it is and just try and produce one 60 minutes of football and then get the year done and dusted close. So who's going to win? You can crack on with next year. Who's going to win it? Who's going to win? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say Castletown. I'm just going to say that they'll, tr- they'll rediscover the form of last year for 60 minutes. Um, and if they do, I don't think Drumbarra will live with them. If they don't, Drumbarra have every chance. What do you reckon, Mick? Yeah, well, I was waiting on you to give your prediction because I was just going to go the opposite because I really couldn't separate them. I can, I can make a case for both. Um, you know, Drumbara showed great heart in their last game, um, yeah. and, and showed their credentials that they've that, that they have improved since last year. Um, if but as you say, if Castletown can reproduce some of the uh, highs that they had of last year, there's no reason why they can't win this game. We've said that every week about them, and they haven't mm. been able to reproduce it. So, you know, I, that's why I said I'd wait until you gave a, a prediction. So I'm going to go for Drumbara in that one. So we're going to move on now to the Ferrier Steel Senior Championship relegation. And on Friday night, uh, the 18th of September, it's going to be Centralstown taking on Dunchotlin. And on Saturday, the 19th of September, it's going to be Curaha taking on Nobber. We'll start with the Friday night game, Centralstown and Dunchotlin. Davey, I've gone for a Centralstown win here. Um, I... Probably, probably mad because you know they're, they're Jekyll and Hyde at the minute. They're, you know they can, they can put on an amazing performance and then they can have such a low, um, like they did against Navano Matneys. Dunshockland, you know, can be very consistent and can be very diligent and very professional in the way they go about a game. And they probably will go into this game going right. You know, we'll stick to the plan. 
And this is just about getting a result. It doesn't matter how we do it, we get the result. But if Centralstown can bring some of the form from earlier in the championship and bring those young players out and get them out of their, uh, uh, out of their box and get them moving, you could see a Centralstown win. So I'm going to go for the Centralstown young boys. Yeah, and I think that's the problem. You know, you, you touched on it there with consistency and sometimes with young players and with a young team, it's often the biggest problem to try and find a consistent level of performance and getting the results. And to be honest with you, there's no real reason why they shouldn't have kicked on after beating Nafina in round one, but it's gone backwards for them, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and Dunshocklin, after a disastrous start to the campaign against uh, their neighbours, Dunboyne, they're their performances have improved and they were very unlucky probably not to get something against Gail Colm Gill, albeit in a dead rubber game in the last round of the group. So for that reason, I'm going to say that Dunshocklin will get the win here and I'm going to go against you. Um, and right. just, the two young teams and, and two big teams, two big, big clubs in Mead. Uh, yeah. One of them is going to be staring down the barrel after next week. Yeah, and then the other and, uh, relegation playoff, one of these teams is going to be staying, staring down that same barrel and uh, the game on the 19th of September, Saturday the 19th of September, sees Curraha taking on Nobber. And this is an interesting one, Davey, because Curraha can score for fun, but they also concede for fun. Um, so which team is going to concede less? Because Nobber can score for fun as well. Um, but they can go out and they can, they, they can defend really well too when they need to, uh, as they did against Simonson, not conceding the goal and you know making sure that, they, that, that that was the difference between the teams at the end of the day. Um, I'm going to go for Curraha though in this one yeah so am I. I I agree with you to a point I just don't think Nobber are good enough defensively to be honest with you Mickey I think that forwards that would trouble any team we've seen it you know with Simonstown they've put up 216 and they've put up actually very good scores in all of the three games you know against her toe and screen as well but defensively they've shipped way too much and so of Curraha um, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, but Curaha in the last round of the group, Mickey, I think only let in two eight and ended up losing the game. You know, so um, I just think Curaha have a little bit more experience to draw on as well, and I just yeah. think defensively they're probably a little bit more steady than maybe Nobber are, and for that reason and that reason alone, and as well as that midfield, I think with Toner and McEntee there, it's a it's a county midfield that really, you know, they're two county footballers playing in the middle of the park for Curaha. I think they'll have too much for Nobber. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're, we've only differed on a few of them. Um, you've gone for Ballinabracky. I've gone for a draw in the Clonagale Ballinabracky game. You have gone for. Oh, we both have gone for a tote, haven't we? You didn't go for Summerhill, did you? Yeah. Against Rathout. So we both have gone no, for a tote in that game. Sorry, I just said a mistake on that. I've gone for Centrestown. You've gone for Dunchotlin. And then in the Castleton Drumara game, I've gone for Drumara and you've gone for Castleton. So, you know, we're pretty much on par, but out of the nine games, go on. Yeah, we have we, we have a couple more as well to go. The two intermediate semi-finals we've missed out on. Yeah, uh, well, we can't do the inter- we can't do the intermediate semi-finals until we get the winner of the quarterfinal. Okay, can we not do Trim and Kilmainham? No. No, 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 no. We will leave that for preview next week, so we will. Um, <laughs> I said we, we couldn't go on to the intermediate semi-finals without having all semi-finals uh, in place. So, um, yeah, we, we will do it next week. Don't worry, Davey. You'll get a chance to, uh, to back your, your friends over there on trip. Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. 
Your goal is our goal. You will benefit from our years of experience. You will have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 90 11270 or email us at info at Builder, your local go-to construction company. I suppose it's time now to go on to our Instagram interactive and I think you've or I believe you've had plenty of interaction over the last number of days um, in regards to the podcast. Yeah, we have. It's, it's, you know, good, good lot of questions as usual. Uh, Ellis McGuire to take Johnny Lynch's place and goals for Minolte. Um Not sure about that one. Johnny's uh, one of the best goalkeepers in the junior championship and still playing really well. So um, not sure about this McGuire chap, uh, but that's a big shout from Kyle Kane. Yeah. Um, uh, it- uh, why? Why does he think that that's going to happen, and why would that happen at this stage of a championship? It's just, you know, maybe the training is going well. Hmm. Uh, Alan Moore, uh, the one and only from St Bridget's, what a man! He says uh, the Juvius Ballinlock match report. I'm not sure if you've caught a glimpse of this, Mickey, but <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it makes for good reading from Susan Farrell. I have to say. I didn't get to read it, but I did see a couple of the comments and uh, I did mean to read it, but I've just had a hectic weekend and uh, a hectic day at work today. So um, I believe there is a video uh, of one of these contentious uh, uh, parts of the, the um, of the match report. So we'll have to see the video and read the match report. Yeah, there's a few different uh, ones in there, but Ballinlock actually put it on their own story and it says three black cards speak for themselves. So clearly not happy is Susan Farrell and the Ballinlock contingent, but uh, we'll let people read the match report for themselves and make their own mind up on it, I think. Yeah, I think that's what we'll do. Let them read up in the match report and let them watch the video of the game and, uh, and, and then they can see if the report is accurate enough. Uh, next one is from Owen Frain over in Summerhill and he says Gavin McVan drinking pints in Shaw's the night before championship with Kiltail he was obviously in having an early bird uh, the night before uh, the, that game well well, Dermot McCabe has actually sent one in himself and he <laughs> said Gavin McVan actually wasn't drinking he had some apple juice called Orchard Thieves <laughs> <laughs> Orchard Thieves Zero I think it's called <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that just puts that to bed. Um, the next one is from uh, Ellie McGuire as well, uh, getting back in with one. And this, she says, Zach Griffin set to complete the Griffin trilogy and win a senior medal like his dad and granddad. So not sure who his dad or granddad is, but uh, that's no mean feat if, uh, if he goes on to do it, Zach Griffin. Uh, in the hurling, is it? Or... Yeah, I'm gonna. But, I don't know to be honest with you. Um, well, Clonagale are out of the hurling, and they're not in the senior football. So, how could he go on? And that's an interesting sure. one. Interesting one. Um, Must be scoring an og or something like that, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Kyle Kane again says Alex Williams skipping a game to go to the woman's house. <laughs> well, we've talked about this before. You know, um, uh, where's well, that? Again? Was Paul Shute? I, uh, yeah, I don't know I where know. Alex Williams is from. Yeah, um, I'm guessing he's he's over. Uh, maybe I think North. Kells, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say North Mead. Um, so any chance those lads get to go and, and see a girl, they should take it with both hands, literally. 
Yeah, absolutely. Connor Ryan says, Ronan Ryan pretending to be sick so he didn't have to play for Kiltail. <laughs> oh, that's a rough one there now. Yeah, and obviously th- there was a little bit of, um, I suppose, minding themselves going on as, you know, that game for Kiltail, once it was a dead rubber, but it didn't have the significance that uh, the game in two weeks for Summerhill is going to have, I think, Mickey. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I agree. Uh, Carl O'Brien is next. He says, Wallace is back for retote question mark and we've since got two or three different responses to say that is categorically not the case oh right well we do know that they were in uh, uh, running in, in the nationals uh, recently and we did suspect that after the, the, the All-Ireland nationals are running the athletics was over that they would be back into the squad but and um, so, so was it was it somebody from Rathout that caught, that came in and says categorically that they will that they're not back? Hey, uh, I don't know where the two suspects were from, but I actually think they were from Rathout. Yeah, so it could be it could be a bit of double jeopardy there as well. You know, uh, uh, they, they could be pretending they're not back, and then all of a sudden the team sheet comes out on the day of the semi final, and there's the two Wallaces running around the field. Yeah, uh, next one is from Wolf Tones GA, and this says Donald Kyogen's long-awaited return. To hurling with the tones, yeah. Um, wouldn't they love to have him playing football with them as well? Um, yeah, <laughs> that's one thing. Did but any any club would love to have uh, Donald Kyogen. It's great. You mentioned it earlier on. It's absolutely brilliant to see uh, players like Donald Kyogen, like Thomas O'Reilly, that are able to go out and play with their clubs in the football and play the hurling at the uh, at mm. the moment because of the way the year has been broken up. Great to see it and be brilliant if the GEA could do something uh, in that regard going forward, splitting up the year to club football, Hurling, and then Intercounty. Yeah. Adam McDonald from Summerhill is next up, and he says, Jack Brennan drinking baby Guinness on his own in Shaw's the night before Junior C Hurling. Yeah, there's an awful lot of drinking going on down in uh, in Summerhill by the sounds of things. Um, you know, if if this is anything to go by, you know, they may as well not even turn up to the semi-final of the senior championship. But, um, but uh, Shaw seems to be the place to go. Um, yeah, we, and I don't we, think I don't I don't think they'll be happy that people are broadcasting that now either. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, obviously with substantial meals, we'd have to add. Oh, well, um, absolutely. Uh, Adam McDonald has another one and he says Ross Ryan's hair is the same colour as his helmet yellow I'm not going to even make a comment on that <laughs> okay uh, the real, is, if you've got a yellow helmet if you've got a yellow helmet you need to go to the doctor's son. <laughs> continue <laughs> the, the real jelly uh, the one and only uh, your and own uh, from Simon St. Gales Mickey James. and he says Pete Peter Duffy's top quality point in Minaldi last Monday. Yeah, look, Peter Duffy is is regressing. Um, we all thought that he was going to be a senior footballer at this stage, and he's gone back to play a bit of junior C. And uh, while there's nothing wrong with playing junior C, if that man had any ambition, he'd be playing senior for Simonstown, and uh, you know he'd be making his father proud. That's what I say. <laughs> uh, oh, wow, Oshin Fagan <laughs> is next, and he says, "Is Dudley Farrell?" Worth the big money still. A couple of clubs have now had him and been poor under him. I, I don't know how much these clubs are paying him. Um, it's obviously only expenses <laughs> he's getting. Um, yeah. Because there is a rule in the GEA, obviously, that you're not allowed to pay managers, but you are allowed to pay them expenses. So unless Dudley is travelling from the arsehole of Donegal the whole way down 
Well, he is coming from Nobber, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Nobber's near Donegal, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mark Cavan is next, and he said, Simon Finn's rocket of a goal to send Castletown out of the Premier Championship. And that goal was, of course, for Balnebracki, who booked their place in the finals of the Premier Championship. I think that final will actually take place uh, this coming weekend as well, Mickey. So Simon Finn and Balnebracki are going for a big double between the Intermediate and Premier Championships. Yeah, we said this a couple of weeks ago about Balnebracki. Uh, they were mentioned on the podcast as well, how well they were going in the Premier Championship. And, you know, when you've got a first team moving the way their first team is moving, it brings the whole club along. And uh, it's great to see that their uh, Premier Reserve team are, are, are flying and true to the not true true to the championship final. Great stuff. Next one is from Anthony Healy, and he's not a happy bunny. He says commentary an absolute disgrace in the Nafina and Dubai game. Abuse that was said about the Nafina players. Ooh, uh, I, we weren't commenting on that game, really. No, 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 no. <laughs> Thanks be to God. No, no, we, we, that must have been on the live stream. We, we, yeah, it was. We're yeah, not, we're not we're not over the live stream, although. Davey, you do sometimes give them a hand with the commentaries and whatever. Um, I didn't hear a, a, any of that commentary. Did you yourself? No, I didn't. I didn't catch it. Um, was on YouTube. It'd be interesting. So I'm not, not really sure. Yeah, what was said. It'd be interesting to get a video or something of that. If, if anybody has it, send it on to us and we'll, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll review it. Yeah. Eamon Ryan is next and he says, is it true that Paul Lynch is giving up playing for Minaldi as he's seeking a career in golf? Well, would he not? Would he not go directly to uh, Young Lynch and ask him himself? Because uh, unless, do you know, Davy? Is this true? Is he going to take up? A, yeah, a, he was moving a, fairly well when we played it there two weeks ago, so it didn't look as if he was thinking about packing it in that night. But an awful pity he wasn't. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, Paul Lynch is uh, is is very much minority to the core, so I wouldn't uh, wouldn't expect him to be stepping aside anytime soon. Um, Ross Ryan getting the question in about his other half, and he says, Sarah Gooch McDermott scored 2-3 from an Alvey women's team this weekend. So I think that game, that was the semi-final, the reference to the Black Hall game, that yes. they obviously booked their place in the Junior B final. Yeah, when you said his other half, I thought you meant the other twin. Um, I know. <laughs> he, he wouldn't score 2-3 in a month Sundays, Mickey. He wouldn't score 2-3 in a ladies' game, so he wouldn't. Is yeah. what you're saying. Um, but yeah, great win from Minalvi. 4-24 to 1-5 against Blackhall Gales. So well done to them and, and best of luck in the final. Uh, Peter Duffy getting in with the ladies as well. He said, Simonstown ladies team, another championship final with the hands clapping. Yeah, um, yeah. As we said earlier on, well done, and and, and uh, I'm sure Peter will 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 find his way in to that final some way, shape, or form because he does love to go watching the ladies playing football, and um, so he does. And he's a big fan of the ladies out there in Simonstown. Very good. Uh, good to hear. Uh, Carl <laughs> Gibney is next, and he said Jason Scully waiting around for Davy Rispin to interview him. <laughs> Was did, did he literally just stay on the field because he saw you there, Davy? Is that what happened? Um, of course, that uh, Jason Scully interview will go out in our Patreon podcast this week, where we'll be uh, previewing uh, some of the intermediate games and reviewing, obviously, that game between Oldcastle and Ballinlock. But um, Jason Scully must have spotted you and kind of loitered around the side of the pitch waiting on you to interview him. 
Yeah, well, it was just convenient that when I finished talking to Leo McEnroe that I turned around and I didn't think there was anyone left and Jason Scully was just about to turn in my direction. So um, possibly, you know, if you add up two and two, uh, I'll, I'll let the listeners decide what, what way that went. But Scully was only too happy to, to do the interview, I'll have to say, Mickey. Yeah, well, I'm sure he would have been delighted to do an interview, especially after getting one over their near neighbours who they've had so many battles with in the last three, four years. Um, so, yeah, understandable that anybody from Oldcastle would want to do that interview. Mm. Uh, who will be fit to mark Connor Lynch next weekend for the drums? And that is in, of course, reference to Drumbarra and Castletown in the intermediate relegation playoff. And Connor Lynch is one of the star forwards for Drumbarra. So, uh, good question. Um, I might say that somebody like Killian Price or, or maybe... Uh, and Evan High or someone like that would be probably matched up to him. It'd be similar age and similar ability in that to him. So it uh, will be a fascinating matchup, whoever it is, though. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's going to be a cracker of a game. We couldn't separate them, really. You went for Castleton, I went for Drumbarra. So uh, we'll have to wait and see how that game goes next week. Uh, so Bridget's getting in touch with us. And they said, Ballon Lock's habit of blaming referees in match reports. Wow. Oh, oh again. Yeah, that's I did. tasty, isn't it? I, it's going back to that earlier earlier point about the the, um, the match report, and I did see that somebody I don't know who it was, but somebody who had the Leitrim crest as part of their uh, as their profile picture had put up a comment on it, and I was like, "Oh God, this match report has travelled far and wide." If uh, people from Leitrim are now commenting on the uh, the match report, but uh, I'm sure that's somebody who's living in the locality that maybe has a loyalty to Leitrim somewhere down along the line. Uh, Ballon Locke have got back in touch with us and they oh. said, we, we quite like most referees when they do their jobs right. Wow, Susan Farrell with the claws out again. Well, we presume it was Susan Farrell uh, who, who, who put up that it comment. Was. It was, it was. Um, yeah, no, look, I, uh, I, feel, I feel her pain. Um, don't get me started on referees um, and you don't want me writing up uh, reports uh, on Twitter after games, especially not in the, in, in, the, in the direct aftermath of a game. You don't want me writing up a report about a referee um, on Twitter, but I feel your pain, Susan. Yeah, the next one is from Owen Griffin, Clannagale goalkeeper and uh, teammate of uh, the Honey Badger, Mickey Burke. And he says, Mickey Burke's Insta posts about Clannagale this week. Um, there were very deep posts by Mickey Burke throughout the week so maybe Owen Griffin is suggesting that Burke's uh, posts were after that defeat uh, against Clannagale a couple of weeks ago Oh, I didn't see these um, did, you, did, you mean, did you happen to see them? Yeah, uh, I did um, Would I say they were about Clannagale? Probably not No, but Owen Griffin maybe likes to think so um, so, like, let the match, you know, let the Clan and Gale lads think what they want. Um, he he left out Balnebracki in a couple of weeks, you know. Exactly, exactly. Now you said it. Um, moving on, Rhiannon and Henry. Uh, this this won't go down well. Uh, Corton and Snultons to amalgamate in twenty twenty one. Yeah, well, uh, Davey, like, you know, it's something that we've we've um, touched on here on the podcast many, many times. And, you know, um, like, if, if you did amalgamate, you would have a really good team and you probably would push that junior championship. Yeah. Uh, 
To be honest with you, I'm, I'm really not happy with Rhiannon sending this. Uh, and I've since sent it on to our father, John, who has actually disowned her from the family. Um, and she's been kicked out of the family home. So uh, good enough for her. <laughs> for asking <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> oh, she, it wasn't a statement. It was actually a question. Uh, yeah, but she should still know better than asking that. Um, Oshin Walsh is next up, and uh, he just said Kells for senior. Look, I've been beating that drum all year, so I have, and you've told me, you've, you've, you've given out to is, me. Is, is that a, actually a, is that a dud account under you, Mickey? I think that... No. I've said nothing, I'm just saying... And a sham. It's my pseudonym. No, honestly, I'm not even going to... I'm not, I'm not going to go on about it. I'll let you talk about it. Davey. Uh, I don't really want to talk about it, Mickey, because I hear about <laughs> it every single feckin' week. So um, <laughs> we, we all know what they're capable of at this stage, the Kells men. Anyway, uh, moving on. Next one is from Gary McCluskey from St. Column Kills. And he says, Mr. Kieran Flynn, making up the rules as he goes along last Monday night in Pilltown. And that was in reference to Mr. Kieran Flynn's refereeing performance, I believe. And since then, uh, Mr. Flynn has actually been in touch with me to, to give uh, an answer to that question. And he says, players wouldn't retreat. And then a player actually blocked the kick as well. Um, and then he sent me a, a screenshot of the rule book when a player within their own small rectangle to be less than 13 metres away from the ball's opponent, free kick, it's a penalty. So obviously what happened was it was a free kick and the players didn't retrieve further enough and Kieran Flynn uh, upgraded the free penalty. And uh, I don't think... From, it uh, must have Gary been a 13, or, 13 metre one. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think Gary or his teammates were too pleased about it, but I think that's the back uh, story to it. Yeah, well... Uh... Well done uh, to Kieran Flynn. He always has to have the last, the last word, and he made sure that he got it this time. <laughs> uh, the next one is from Joe McWheeney, and Joe said uh, the minor football semi-finals, which I think Mickey Brennan are taking place this week, where his own uh, St. Peter's Dunboyne are in action, and they are in uh, Division One action in that semi-final as well. They'll be tipped to go on and do it. I think they're playing some column kills who were last year's champions in the minors. So that should make for a fascinating game, Mickey Brennan. Yeah, well, um, the minor championship is one of the best championships out there. I think the minor and the under 20. Well, we've, we have been in contact with the minor county board. We did try to do stuff with them uh, this year, but we haven't been able to get any joy uh, on, on that front. So um, unfortunately, we weren't able to get any information from the games either. Um, but uh, best of luck to the two teams that are going to participate in that final. Dunboyne and St. Column Kills, you said, is it? No, they're semi-finals, Mickey. So I think Dunboyne play uh, St. Column Kills in the semi-final and uh, just trying to figure out who, who it is in the two semi-finals. But uh, we may come back to it when we have yeah, a we'll come back to that. That's yeah. All right. yeah. Um, the last one is, it is from PS Tapes, right? But it's done through his new revolutionary podcast page, who are... Uh -huh. uh, He's probably using that more than his own personal one at the minute, which is fair enough. And uh, the, chopping the chopping block, as, as you're well aware, Mickey Brennan, because you did feature on it uh, on last week's episode. And he says, Mickey, doing the dirt on David with another podcast. <laughs> um, I, I, I heard, I heard, I heard. Davey, I, 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 have to, I, have to, I have to come clean. Um, uh, he did ask me uh, to do the podcast with him. And, and when I arrived there, 
he said, Mickey versus Davy. And uh, I was like, I thought you asked me. And he goes, but like when I'm asking you, I want you and Davy. I said, well, I wasn't, <laughs> how was I supposed to know that? He says, but like you are one person, the both of you. And I says, well, look, I'm sorry, Davy's not here with me today. So I had to go ahead and do the podcast without you. But what he has said, Davy, is that he's going to bring you on separately because he didn't realise, and he is going to bring you on separately to do an episode of The Chopping Block with him. And uh, best of luck to Paddy Staple and PS Tapes with that uh, podcast. It's an absolutely brilliant idea that he has. And uh, anybody out there who hasn't listened to it, get on board there. It's called The Chopping Block, and you'll find it on all of the different social medias and uh, podcast sites that you'll get your podcasts on. Well, I have to say, I did listen to it today, Mickey. Uh, I thought it was a really excellent listen. Uh, picked up a few... Um, bits of knowledge, one being why you always call it Kingspan Breffney Park. I never really had the, I just never really thought about asking you, why don't you just call it Breffney Park? But I did eventually get to the realization. Well, I have, to, I, have to, to, I have to correct you on it as well. It's actually just Kingspan Breffney. It's not Kingspan Breffney Park. It's, it's, that's the official name is Kingspan Breffney. They've taken away the park and it's just Kingspan Breffney. And, and, and on, that, on that podcast, you hear why. Um, it has to be called that it's for naming rights and that there's little tags when you go to commentate in a game on the board in front of you that say remember it's Kingspan Breffney not Kingspan Breffney Park yeah and I also did pick up that uh, I, I do understand now why it's called the Jaffa Cake um, and I also uh, I also haven't come to the realisation why defenders in recent years haven't come after you with some crab meat why don't they just come up to you and start rubbing you with some crab meat? <laughs> um, yeah. Like, whatever, whatever about hitting a fella a box on the field, Davey, that's fine. But, like, actually trying to kill somebody is a different story. <laughs> I've seen it happening. <laughs> um, come here. Um, I, I haven't terrorised defences enough to be threatened with crab meat, I can tell you. <laughs> there's still a couple of years left in you, Mickey. <laughs> If you ever come up against Cartown, you know what's, what's going to be waiting for you anyway. Oh, I know. Absolutely. Yeah, you said it. Um, but that is all, I think, from Instagram this week, Mickey Brennan. Uh, really good stuff, as always, from our listeners. So thanks a million to everyone yeah. for getting involved. Absolutely. And, and sorry, just, just bringing you back, the two fixtures in the minor is Summerhill and Chocolin in the first semi-final, and the other semi-final is last year's champion, St. Column Kills, who will take on St. Peter's Dunbine for Joe Weenie. Joe McWeenie, sorry. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. And best of luck to all four sides in the minor semi-final. Um, I think that's it from us for this week. Um, there's no advertisement for Cortown's uh, GEA predictions this week because, of course, they have finished. And well done to everybody who entered the GEA predictions through uh, Cortown. Um, we want to thank our two sponsors, Builder and, uh, of course, PRC, Proactive Risk Control and as always, if you are going to be using either of our sponsors, make sure you let them know that you heard it through our podcast. That's Builder and Proactive Risk Control. Remember, we are me, why it matters more. <laughs>